Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 19th of April. International travel is back, with the Trans-Tasman travel bubble between Australia and New Zealand officially opening this morning. It means no quarantine or COVID vaccination is required, but passengers will have to provide contact information to authorities and wear a mask when flying. Tourism and Transport Forum CEO Margie Osmond says this is an important step forward. The vaccination rollout is really critical to restoring people's confidence in the process of travel and getting us to the point where we might conceivably have international borders open. But the Prime Minister says he's in no hurry to disrupt our way of life and open the rest of our international borders. I can assure Australians that I will not be putting at risk the way we are living in this country which is so different to the rest of the world today. Uh, Issues of borders and how they're managed will be done very, very carefully and must be done in partnership with the states and territories. The timeline for international travel and our delayed COVID vaccination program will be top of the agenda when National Cabinet meets today and again later this week. A new plan, including allowing community pharmacies in rural and remote areas to administer the jab, will be considered, as well as mass vaccination hubs and ensuring vaccine supplies. Meantime, an urgent investigation is underway in New South Wales after three new local cases of COVID-19 were detected in a Sydney quarantine hotel. It's believed the trio, who tested negative to the virus before arriving in their accommodation, contracted the virus from someone else on their hotel floor. Australian Medical Association President Dr Omar Korshad says with COVID being airborne, it can spark a spread. Now, there may be a super spreader uh, in that hotel and just the way that uh, the air moves through the hotel uh, can end up uh, going out into a corridor and then back into another room with doors opening and closing. And that's thought, uh, in the cases we've seen so far, to be the most likely explanation. The Therapeutic Goods Administration says it will be conducting further tests after concluding the AstraZeneca vaccine was likely linked to the death of a woman in New South Wales. The 48-year-old, who had a number of underlying medical conditions, including diabetes, developed rare blood clots just days after receiving the jab. John Skerritt from the TGA says their investigations will closely examine the likely link. There's a further review of a patient's underlying medical conditions. There's a further review of other blood tests and samples that were taken, of course, for clinical investigations. And the Queen has left Windsor Castle just 24 hours after the funeral of her husband of 73 years, Prince Philip. Her Majesty reportedly left to walk her dogs. The royal family, meantime, will come out of their official period of mourning at the end of the week. With speculation, Prince Harry will leave the UK within the next 24 hours to return to his pregnant wife in the US. Just 30 mourners were allowed to attend the funeral of the Duke of Edinburgh because of COVID restrictions, with the Queen forced to sit alone during the service at St George's Chapel. For a look at what else is making news around the country this Monday morning, we start in WA and a COVID infection control breach is now under investigation at a Perth hospital with three staff members in quarantine. Our reporter Emma Griffiths is in Perth with the details. That's right, Tash. The transfer of a captain from a bulk carrier of WA's northwest is at the centre of the probe. Royal Perth Hospital is investigating why a service lift was not cordoned off after it was used to transfer the COVID positive patient 
patients into the intensive care unit. In a statement from the East Metropolitan Health Service, a review of CCTV footage identified three staff members who were not wearing personal protective equipment unknowingly entered the lift within 15 minutes of the patient transfer prior to it being cleaned. All three staff members had received a COVID-19 vaccination. Two were fully vaccinated, but one has received just their first dose. The trio are now in quarantine and will be tested for COVID-19 on days 5 and 12 after their exposure, but any risk of transmission is being deemed to be very low. New South Wales Now and COVID rules are being relaxed on public transport today. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, one thing that hasn't really felt normal during COVID is the empty trains and buses during the daily commute, but that is about to change. COVID restrictions on Sydney's public transport will be eased from today. Capacity will jump from 55 to 75%, while all caps will be lifted on regional transport, and it's now okay to sit next to each other. But those green dots on the seat are here to stay, just in case we need them again down the track. Face masks are no longer enforced on all public transport across the state, but Howard Collins from Transport for New South Wales says it might still be a good idea to pack one in your bag. We are still strongly recommending if you can't maintain physical distance, please bring a mask and wear it. It's a good thing to do. And again, the usual thing, if you're not feeling well, get yourself tested and also don't travel on public transport. And in Victoria, Premier Daniel Andrews has announced he is extending his sick leave and won't be returning to the top job until at least June. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, the Premier is struggling to recover from a horror fall. Yeah, it doesn't look like he'll be back at work in any capacity until sometime in June, Tash. That fall downstairs back on March 9 left the Premier with at least five broken ribs and a fractured T7 vertebra. Breaking the T7 was a pretty big deal. It sits in the middle of the chest, helping support the spinal cord, the ribcage and the muscles of the chest. Andrews is recovering at home now after being discharged from the Alfred Hospital. He is in a back brace and doing physio every day. The estimated return in June means he definitely won't be back on deck before the May state budget. Now the latest in business and finance news this morning. We are joined by Peter Switzer from switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. The peak body for Australia's $3 trillion financial services sector says it's time for cheaper advice. That's right. The Financial Services Council wants to water down consumer protection rules as well to reduce the red tape that is driving up the costs of a financial plan. This has forced one in four advisors to exit the industry in two years and made it harder for new advisors and advice firms to set up in an advice operation. Now, the recommendations from the FSC include scrapping the statement of advice, which can run to 80 pages and piles up the costs for giving someone advice. Cheaper advice that is more profitable for advisors but comes with the same penalties for bad advice should be the goal for the industry and the regulator or less people will be able to afford advice. And you have some good news this morning for people in this very hot property market at the moment, that they can actually get their loan approved much quicker. 
That's right. The AFR says the big four banks have drastically reduced home loan approval times, which will support the booming residential property market, with the major lenders boasting of turnaround times of two days or less for simple mortgages. Following the Royal Commission into the financial sector, banks were forced to follow responsible lending guidelines, which meant if you had too much spending on things like Netflix or beauty expenses, you could cop a no on your home loan application. That's changed and simple home loans are now being processed in less than a day, NAB's boss says, while more complex loans might take five days. Netflix and beauty expenses are important, Peter. Anyway, moving (laughs) on, New Zealand we've seen, which is great news, the borders have opened, but it may be some time yet before we can fly to other countries. Yeah, that's right. Today we pass a major milestone, as the SMH puts it, when hundreds of travellers fly to New Zealand without needing to quarantine. And this is the first time this has been possible since March 2020 under the newly established Trans-Tasman bubble. But the chief executives of Melbourne and Brisbane's international airports doubt Qantas will be able to relaunch most of its overseas network on October 31 as planned. The airline is selling tickets for flights after that date, but this was based Based on the government's original plan for vaccinations, which have been delayed by the clotting problems for the AstraZeneca vaccine for Aussies under 50. Now, the airport bosses say Singapore, with its good record of beating coronavirus, could be another potential destination by year's end. But if you want to fly most other places, you will be quarantining. We can wait. We're in a pretty good position compared to the rest of the world. Peter, thank you. Cheers. The sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett the Demons. They're in sensational form and certainly on a roll with their winning start to the season continuing against the Hawks. Yes, good morning, Tash. I don't think too many would have picked it, especially not the long-suffering Demons fans, that they would be unbeaten after five rounds. But that's where they find themselves at the moment. They thrashed the Hawks yesterday by 50 points at the MCG. Max Gorn, their inspirational skipper, was phenomenal. I mean, he's been a great player for a long time, but certainly led from the front yesterday. And now they have an embarrassment of riches in terms of selection. Sam Wiedemann, one of their young key forwards, working his way back from injury, and Ben Brown, one of their recruits from North Melbourne. Another key forward starred in the VFL yesterday, and coach Simon Goodwin says that they will be available for their next game. You know, Sam kicked seven, and, and Ben kicked three, and was very influential in the game as well. And it's just a fantastic problem to have, and it's one that we didn't think we'd have at the start of the year. Now, at the Cats last night, they climbed back into the top eight with a 30-point win over the Kangaroos. It was far from, from uh, convincing, though. North Melbourne... Uh, it's had a really disappointing start to the season. Not a lot expected from them, uh, but certainly a long way back for uh, their first-year coach in David Noble. Just on the Cats, though, it was a slow start at home at, uh, at Cadenia Park. They recovered from that. Uh, Brandon Parfit had a career-high 34 disposals. They needed that because Joel Selwood was a little bit down. Paddy Dangerfield came off with an ankle injury. They play the Eagles this weekend, so you'd expect that to be a tougher challenge than against North Melbourne. But we will finally see their star recruit. Jeremy Cameron. Ready to go. He's in. I'm also putting a bit of pressure on our medical and conditioning staff. <laughs> And that's their coach there, Chris Scott, who says that uh, Dangerfield is okay. That ankle injury I mentioned is only minor, so he's got enough time uh, to recover before they face the Eagles this weekend. And now to the NRL. Brett, the Warriors burst the Dragons bubble at Cogra yesterday. 
Yeah, of course, they were shooting for five wins in a row. That would have been the first time since 2018. Again, a little bit like the Demons in the AFL, where we weren't expecting uh, St. George to be so strong this early in the season. It did come to an end yesterday. Roger Tuavasa-Shek beating three defenders to touchdown for the game-deciding try. And Anthony Griffin, the coach of St. George, says that they only have themselves to blame for the loss. I think for us, we beat ourselves in that first half. Again, been doing it most of the season. We offer them up 12 points and, you know, today, come back to now, the other match yesterday, Canterbury and North Queensland, a rare match where the Cowboys went in as a favourite. They managed to win 30 points to 18, but it got a little bit closer there in the second half after the Bulldogs had a player sent off. That was Jack Hetherington for uh, clotheslining Valentine Holmes, uh, and he was sent off for that, so that they were down to 12 men. That seemed to spark them. They scored two tries, had one try disallowed. Uh, the Cowboys managing to hold on. Just on that incident, though, with Jack Hetherington, his coach, Trent Barrett, insists that it wasn't deliberate. Yeah, I didn't think it was intentional. Obviously, caught him high, but, you know, it wasn't an intentional shot from Jack. He's just hung his arm out there and Val's okay, so um, hopefully we'll be okay. And just wrapping up uh, with our NRL news, Latrell Mitchell facing a three-week ban. He copped three separate charges from their win over the Tigers, one for a dangerous elbow, but it was revealed that his father, Matt, actually suffered a suspected heart attack while watching the match. He has since been released from hospital, so that may have been on his mind during that game. Oh, hoping that dad's okay. And also this morning, Brett, how did Daniel Ricciardo go in the second race of the Formula One season? Yeah, off the pace this morning, he was back in sixth this uh, second GP of the season in Italy. Max Verstappen winning that ahead of Lewis Hamilton. A rare error from Lewis Hamilton, but managed to recover to claim second. Lando Norris, who's Ricardo's teammate, finished in third. Let's hear from uh, Dan after the race, uh, his performance finishing sixth, as we mentioned. Let's say at least today, my pace wasn't really that spectacular. So I'll just look at it, work on it. Obviously, the reference you know, to Lando is, is a strong one, so I'll uh, just chip away and... Better. So yeah, he can look to his teammate to see that uh, the, the cars that they're driving certainly are capable of uh, finishing on the podium, but uh, Dan Ricciardo yet to break through just yet with his new team. We wish him all the best, Brett. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Monday morning. Sunny and 26 for Brisbane. Sunny conditions also on the way today for Sydney, 25. Partly cloudy, 21 today for Melbourne. Sunny and just 20 degrees today for Canberra. Possible late shower, 19 for Hobart, partly cloudy for both Adelaide and Perth today and mostly sunny with a beautiful top of 35 degrees for Darwin. And Byron Bay locals in northern New South Wales have launched a petition to try and stop a reality show about influencers being filmed in their town. Netflix says Byron Bay's would be a docu-soap and follow the lives of hot Instagrammers living their best lives and creating the best drama content. But the mayor of Byron Bay says the show would be offensive to the local community as they deal with real-life issues like housing, affordability and work, calling on businesses to not support the production. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand new talk show, Australia Today with Steve Price, by heading to listener.com or downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belly. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.